Feel This with Frank and Jess. Welcome to Feel This, a series of experiential conversations between me, Jessica Olber-Singleton, and Frank D'Amato, where we explore trauma, healing, and awakening through the lens of relationship. Welcome to Feel This. Hi, Jess. Hi, Frank. (laughs) Welcome to today's episode, and I'm glad to be here with you. Glad to be here with you, Jess, and glad to be here with you, the listener. Yeah, we'll get started how we always get started with a little grounding presence. So wherever you're finding yourself, just taking this moment to bring awareness to your breath. And following the breath into your heart. And feeling into your physical heart here in the moment. Feeling your heartbeat. Dropping our awareness down into our belly. It's feeling the physical sensations that are present in the belly. Being aware of the space around us. And becoming aware a little bit more inwardly to ourself, our consciousness, and becoming aware of the you that came into this space here, the you that pressed play. What is happening in your life that you're putting on pause to listen to this? But what were your kind of energy, emotional energy? Are you carrying into this moment? Taking a little moment to listen inside. And you can check in with the categorical emotions with yourself around happiness, excitement, sadness or disappointment, fear, anxiety, nervousness, Anger, frustration, annoyance. Shame or guilt or remorse, that energy. Another channel of emotion, another categorical emotion, you can look at numbness. It's a reaction in the nervous system, so you can just check in around numbness or flatness. And whatever's present for you in your life here this morning or this afternoon or evening, wherever you're pressing play, but in this moment, taking this moment here to acknowledge it within yourself. 
just as it this is what is this is what feelings thoughts and feelings are present inside myself yourself right now great well, Jess and I will come back here and check in with each other and see what's happening here yeah so what I was really tuned into was what I was bringing coming into the space you and I had talked about trying a kind of a new approach, not really new, but to take a subject as a theme to build an episode around an it that we find interesting and that we think might be helpful for people to, our listeners to learn more about. Before we hit record, you were sharing where you were at and today's subject that we thought we might talk about is WeChat, one of the modes of communication that you can hear all about in the very, very first episode. If you haven't listened to it yet, highly recommend. And what I was feeling was some tension in the we <laughs> around what I was bringing as being different from what you were bringing energetically and maybe even kind of the content that was wanting to come with that particular energy or feeling state. I'll leave it there because I, I don't want to go into what that all is until you check in. That sounds good. Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah. So I'm feeling, I would say you could probably hear it in my tone of voice, very, I feel flat, which I noticed by there is a, a there's not a level of excitement when I look at things or think about things. Everything seems doesn't really spark notice yeah like a general energy of like heaviness my eyes are more closed and I was feeling some degree of that this morning in my meditation and I think it maybe amplified a bit but as I was thinking about coming in here today with the content shift which is trying something new there was a little oh i don't know it felt a little daunting especially because i wasn't feeling any particular spark to talk about any content it might have started to bring this feeling of maybe like a, a younger me supposed to have homework or something and i'm not interested in the work and but i've got to do it feeling so I brought a little of that energy forward there is like in the now there's a sense sadness i feel like a little teary around my eyes and one thing that we could do too as we is to talk a little bit about since we've done the modes of communication to give a lot of guide rails around what modes we're in but right now i'm really dropping into now chat what am i feeling right now in the moment as i was saying i feel teary i feel there's one aspect of now chat is really being aware of what's happening in your body too so not only am i like aware there's an emotion that's present behind my eyes of sadness i can tune into my belly and feel a sort of jitteriness there which 
feels to me or translates to me if I put into words a sense of kind of vulnerability or sheepishness, like, oh, it feels a little scary to come into this space in this state. There's a space of some self-consciousness or self-awareness of, oh, how will I be perceived through this lens? I'm not in the frank mode, the parts that I am often in, which is comfortable and maybe I don't feel like unconfident. I don't feel like a lack of confidence in myself, but I don't feel a certain type of excitement that I normally feel here. And so that creates a sense of fear of how that will land on people, fear of, will this be interesting, right? Oh, there's then there starts to be this little pull to run away. Oh, just run away. There could even be a part that would say, let's just not do this today. But that doesn't feel strong to me. It feels much more alive to just explore what is in the now. And so this is the content that's here inside my consciousness. And my only job is not to try to fix, alter, or change that, but is to make that content transparent, to be caring towards myself in that. So I could even in that this moment, take a pause to have a moment of self-compassion for myself here and for whatever, all these feelings that are here that there's definitely a sense of, of not understanding that why I don't, I couldn't tell you just why my system feels like this right now, but I don't really need to know why yet I could find out, but I need to know what I'm feeling. That's important. And I have a sense of what I'm feeling and then I could be really present to it and compassionate to it. So I'll just take a moment to do and to make transparent what I'm doing is really having a little inner dialogue. And I'll actually make that audible so that you can hear this would be me just speaking into myself and to myself, to my body. Yeah, I feel you. I feel what you're feeling here. I see and I feel that you feel a little flat, that you feel numb, maybe a little apathetic. I don't know why you feel that way, but I see that you feel that way. And I also see that you feel a little uncomfortable being here and talking about that, that that feels and that that feels vulnerable to you and maybe a little scary. And I feel really caring. I understand that. And I'm here with you. That's probably a thing I say a lot, speaking to you, the audience, or you, the listener. That's something I say inside a lot. I, I really hear you and I just breathe in when I'm feeling and resting in the sense of this is all I really, quote unquote, have to do is just to be present to my my in the moment experience that's my internal process and then in terms of relationship and communication what i want to do is be able to communicate that to you jess and you the listener and there's lots of whys as to why that's helpful but and that's a whole deep dive we can talk into but i'll pause there and see what's coming up in you jess hearing that Feelings first. I'm noticing a quieting and a softening in my system, but still a pretty strong presence of a part of me that 
is tracking what's happening from a more intellectual or content perspective, it gets a lot out of that, is finding that really interesting. Toward you, I'm feeling gratitude and I am still having, I came in with this once, the, the tension that I named in my own system is like a, a part that is projecting onto you that your flatness is an obstacle. Um, this part is feeling that familiarity in my own system. I have family members who struggle with flatness. And as a child growing up, that felt like a disconnection, right? It's not real strong. It's not blended with my system it's off to the side. And I'm naming it so that I can be with it rather than acting from it. This part is holding an agenda type energy that says between us in the, we can go with Frank's we or my we, that's how it's seeing things is dualistic. We can go with the flat, heavy as it feels it, or the kind of I, the world of ideas and information sharing and unearthing new things and ideas and it feels a lot of excitement in that and it feels a sense of conflict that, that there's a choice between those and it feels good to name but that is that is here so then the other thing that was happening was as you were sharing was really tuned to how aligned and clear your system as I'm seeing it is with self, this energy that is defined by its priority is compassion and curiosity. And how everything you just, as I experienced it, everything you just said and dived into and where you chose to put your awareness and attention was very self-led. Something in me said, my system is still like, how do I not feel bad? How do I get away from feeling shame or feeling like when you said, you had a part that didn't really want to engage in this homework feeling like you just named it, but that's not where your system got stuck. It was just a piece and you came back to the now. And for me, it generally, maybe more than not, my parts are, it's, I'm more of a parts driven individual still. And it's like, how do I stop feeling bad? How do I feel better? which is not really what I was hearing you speak to. And that felt valuable just to say like the feeling I have around that is, is a self feeling. It's curious and open and it, and I can feel in me the value of listening to you and reflecting, and hearing your process and the gratitude I have for that. There's two pieces that came up. One, a response to the first part of what you shared and then the second in response to the latter part around my self-energy but the first part was when you were talking about your family and your sense of relationship to flatness and when you put it in that context it just opened something up for me and what I became in touch with was my own relationship with flatness and what we commonly call depression and I would say depression was my main tool way I dealt with overwhelming emotions, the way my system dealt with it was to create 
a depression of flatness. It was maybe the overarching narrative of pain in my life from pretty young age and well into my late 20s. I identified as a depressed person, a person who would always see the world through the lens of flatness or pointlessness or valuelessness and that I just needed to come to the best I could do was like I just need to accept that that's the way I'm never going to be one of those happy people and I think that was one of the dominant experiences and that pushed to the point of suicide to get to that point where I was just like actually this doesn't actually feel like it works very well depression and then chemicals and substances to try to boost some sense of life or open up some doors and that worked but until it stopped working and then not to go into a whole biographical piece here although that could be interesting content it just came in my awareness that what I'm experiencing now is part of a long history of this and how drastically it's changed in my life. But I have in this moment, in this now, I have a sense of appreciation for this protective, it's a protective aspect of my nervous system to create flatness. And so I have appreciation for it as a longstanding experience. It's changed dramatically. It, it now comes in short flashes like today, I might experience this. And for an hour or two, it usually goes by hours now, not days or months, it go hours or even minutes. But that's what's here. I feel it softening as we're talking. And so as you reflect a couple of things, there's energetically a little bit more kind of life coming in. So that's the first response. And then the second, yeah, I was able to really listen to your reflection back to me of like where I'm staying and you seeing your system in a different place, like your system would be focused more on like, how do I change how I'm feeling? Like how I'm feeling is not okay. And how do I change that? And you're really noticing that's not happening inside myself. There is yeah, so let me. I'll speak to the content of that a little bit, which is to say a little bit more in the me chat, like what is happening in me, which is, I'm trying to sense if I, there's like the part of me who would be like, get your shit together, you're on a podcast. The part of me who would be like that, that's so long been retired inside myself that it doesn't really, like I can almost feel like there's an echo of it in the room. There's this little sense of, it's just a question, like almost like that part's asking, should I try to come in and tell everyone to be different? Is that what, I mean, that's what we used to do. Do you want me to do that again? But nobody's like, yeah, come do that. They're like, no, dude, this is so much better this way. Just let it be. We're going to be with what is. And it just feels, I'm going to branch into a little bit more depth here, but maybe I'll put a bookmark in this around and a content piece around the polarity of either I'm going to change myself or do something 
to change what's happening in me or the other extreme, which is they're not well, total apathy. And I don't care completely. And so these parts, the parts that want to force things to happen, they see only the apathy and they say, if I don't do what I do, then you're just going to be totally lifeless and apathetic. There's going to be nothing happening here. But what's happening here is this middle ground right now where the apath there's parts that are apathetic and there are the parts that are wanting to change what's here and do something. Maybe both of these, a burdened version of yin and yang, right? The yang, the ones that say we got to do something or a burdened version of masculine energy and the apathetic is a burdened version of let it be, everything's okay, of, of being with what it but a burdened version, it's not, there's not presence in either one of these extremes. The difference here is, yeah, I'm trying, I'm being in this middle place where I'm working, or I'm leaning into this middle place where I'm just being with what's the apathetic energy that's here, trying to be present to it, caring for it, understanding it. And knowing that as I do that, that a kind of balance starts to come back in, in its own natural way, without a lot of forcing energy. I don't, maybe even any forcing energy, I could just be here. So that's a little bit more at the content level, but I guess in the we, and that's the, the we space between you and I, there might be a little concern about how my energy is impacting you, that pathetic energy, maybe a curiosity, if that, does that bring up, like obviously you said it brings up stuff from your family of origin, and then there's like an excitement, like, oh, maybe we could explore that a little relationally, like, how is this impacting you in the now? What does that bring up for me? And that could be really healing and, and thought provoking. And uh, at a content level, I just want to say this and I'll pass the ball back. My sense is if we're talking through what is happening in the moment and we bring these overarching frames that we're using to talk about it, to give the, you, the listener, a kind of handrail or a map to be like, okay, we're here or we're at this part of the map now. We're doing me chat. We're doing rechat. This is now, this is what's happening, bringing our understanding of what's happening as we're having this very real experiential conversation. So I'm complete there. Yeah. So part of me came into today's recording with an agenda that you and I had agreed on last week. And it's interesting to watch right now how my mind is, a, is still in that space. And so as I'm listening to you, I'm observing your, because I'm looking at things through the lens of the modes of communication. And I'm thinking how we chat, which is, speaking to what's here in the relationship comes via, to some extent, me chat, which is me sharing what I'm wanting or what I'm experiencing or what I'm feeling. And then, and then you're bringing in both me and we now chat, which is what you were just saying. It's like all of these things are happening. So if a listener is feeling themselves moving around and looking for that, all of those are here to some extent at different times and different blends of those. And what I'm noticing in my own experience within this 
now within this we is when I came in, as I heard your flatness, I felt something rise up in me earlier. That was like a, an agenda in part to bring my enthusiasm as a way to fix your flatness, which is a tool. It's one of my parts tools. And it's interesting to have come in with that level of enthusiasm, excitement, and then to feel that sense of the, that your flatness is somehow like a threatening to that, that we have to choose between them. So now as I've been sitting here with that part of me that wants to bring enthusiasm and excitement around content, I'm sitting next to that part, but primarily not listening to you from that part. So I can feel my energy coming down a couple notches, getting quieter and compared to the enthusiasm I brought, it almost feels a little flat. And so that's energetically what I'm noticing the moving parts within my awareness right now. And what that feels like is some heaviness around my solar plexus, around my center, just above my belly button, and a little bit of just heaviness in my body. Not like a nice relaxed groundedness, but a kind of heaviness. Content-wise, from what you shared that really stuck was when you were talking about the burdened yang or masculine energy of doing versus a more burdened feminine or yin energy of apathy, and that what your system understands is even as both of those are present, that your system ultimately has a trust that just being with them, that naturally something will shift and maybe a balance or a new energy will come in, a less burdened energy. I don't know if you said it that way, but that's how, it, yeah, you're nodding. And when you said that, I could feel a part of me that's, it has irritation that you trust that. It's like the part of me that's, that really doesn't, but that wants to effort and that believes that I can, it's willing to concede, this part's willing to concede that maybe you're right but it's not willing to concede that it couldn't get there faster. <laughs> yeah, that plant will grow flowers, but if I pour some of this magic blue water on it, it's going to make more flowers sooner. Like it's wanting to hack the system and get there quicker. So yeah, that's what I'm aware of. Yeah. Let's see. At first, I think overall, just to give a transparent into me and now overall, I feel like a lightning in my system. When you were first starting to share and you were talking about how you were feeling more like heavy or more less of that excitement that you came in with, I felt sadness. And yeah, that was a relational, oh, I'm like a sadness didn't feel shame. I didn't feel a sense of shame, which is cool. And that's good. <laughs> but a sense of, oh, yeah, the energy that I was carrying had an impact on your energy. There's a holding off on whether that's labeling that as good or bad, obviously. It's very easy for old, younger parts of us to say, oh, excitement is good and heaviness and sadness is bad. It's an easy, old way of 
or very young in maturity way of looking at a life experience. But I was aware of, of just a sense of a little sadness at the awareness of the impact. So that was there. I also feel, again, as you were talking more through what you were feeling and the parts that are coming up around it for you, I guess there was one strain of curiosity around, like maybe wondering what sense of history this does touch into for you or, yeah, like a real just curiosity of, wow, what's it like for you to, as you named earlier, that you have a sense of history with flatness in your family of origin, childhood, a sense of real openness. Oh, I don't, yeah, that's nothing I can put my finger on, but I, I just keep feeling drawn to the sense of there's something really meaningful in this coming up right now between you and I, something meaningful for you too, about the parts that are, I don't know what, like their sense of excitement and coming in and yeah. And coming into my energy and, and just like how that impacts them, what it means to them, how that means what that in relationship to your historical understanding of that, I, just like a real sense of this moment and what's happening here. While I don't have this clearest picture of it feels important inside you, but it feels important relationally. I feel a sense of, yeah, care and curiosity towards you in the we. And there's even a part that also wants to meet you. It almost wants, it's almost hoping and wanting to even maybe wanting to steer a little bit back towards the WeChat at the content level that you were preparing to talk about. Oh, this is we, and maybe can we open up to what, talk about what's happening between us here in at a meta level too, so that we can answer maybe some of the questions that you were bringing in, in terms of not questions, but talking points maybe that you were bringing in around WeChat. Some of the questions that some other people gave to you that had feedback questions that you wanted to answer. So there's a kind of wondering, oh yeah, maybe we can combine what's happening in the way as we're talking about it with some of the kind of content points about WeChat. Okay. Yeah. I'm not, so I, honestly, I'm not sure if I can do that. <laughs> That's what's coming up is I don't know if I have the skill to move from talking about what it felt like in my parts, family of origin, when I came in with an enthusiastic energy and how it, how that those parts felt or the familiarity of maybe what stories they brought in around seeing your flatness, hearing that you were coming in with a different energy, right? So that's, you have a curiosity and that curiosity feels like an opening, like an invitation. It feels good. And I can share about that. It feels like there's no, I'm not aware of the bridge between that and the part of me that came in with more of like my teacher parts that are like, here's WeChat, here's some best practices and tools for how to do WeChat and how to see it in your life. It's like the bridge between my personal experience and my teaching, here's just pure content and sharing it in a way that's most likely to, I think, serve a listener for practical purposes. 
I don't know that I have a bridge between those. I don't know that I don't, but I don't know that I do. So I'm just naming that and then I can let go and not be looking for it the whole time I'm talking. So family of origin, my father is, what is the, do you remember what the term is for like chronic low-level depression? I think that starts with an M. There's a term for this in like the DSM and it's just, he didn't so much, he did have episodes of depression, but it was a chronic, like low level living with it. And what, how that impacted me as a child, when I would bring forward my enthusiasm was bringing forward some excitement and I think the feeling was that my excitement, my enthusiasm, my energy, my meanness was me-n-e-s-s, was somehow harmful to him in his flatness, in his dorsal shutdown energy. If you want to talk polyvagal, that was his most familiar place. And so I would bring this wee, and it was like he would... It almost seemed to to increase his heaviness, his flatness. And growing up, even as an adult, I would hear things like, he might say something like, I really hate overachievers. Or I would bring something, just pure enthusiasm. And the response I would get from him is, what's wrong with you? Why are you so excited? That's really like this sort of... and. I know now that was his relationship with that energy, but as a child, it was really hurtful, squashing, heavy, shaming. I felt all those things in different ways, different times. And what I did as a tool to deal with that, and then I'll pause and to hear what you're experiencing is what I did to create a bridge between where I was and where he was, I left my enthusiasm away. I would leave it at the door when I would come into his space and I would tune all my energy around where did he have an ounce of enthusiasm? Was it around poetry or he loved aquariums or plants? And so then I would bring, I would find my enthusiasm around what, where he was excited to try and get some of that energy that I couldn't get from him directly, if that even makes sense. I'm not sure how that's showing up here exactly, but I know that's really common, that when someone else is upset, a lot of my energy, and I'm saying upset, right, because that's how these little kid parts perceive it. When someone is upset, I oftentimes lose what I'm excited about. The familiar pattern that still shows up is losing track of what I'm excited about, what I'm interested in, what I want to bring, and putting all of my attention and focus on the person who, as my system perceives it, is struggling or in pain in some way. And I'm noticing that coming up here, but that my system is making an effort to fight for not losing the thing I brought in, the thing that I was excited about. And, and yeah, I'll leave it there. But I, 
I do have a part just content wise that's curious about how common that is, how common that dynamic, not that it matters really, but I'm thinking about the audience, how common that dynamic is in relationship and how it might come up for our listeners in their awareness, even the growing awareness of what we chat can look like. Yeah. So, um, I feel really teary. I feel really appreciative of you sharing. As soon as you started to to talk, put a little words on your relationship with your father and his relationship to his nervous system, and but I just got this picture of a little you, and I could just feel like how. I'm, I was touching into like how big my father's energy was when I was a kid, like how meaningful, how much meaning I took out of whatever he was carrying. And then I just replaced it with that, the flatness, right? Okay. That, and then here I'm this little being, this little you, and I, and like, here's this giant, like how big that flatness and like almost, and also against excitement, also like actively trying to squash excitement with shame or criticism and how deeply impacted that feels as I imagine it, how, and then the little you like so smart to like, where is his little spark of, he, he likes this, he likes that. Can I, so smart, but also so burdened for a little kid to have to figure out a way to to make that happen or to navigate it i just feel so so caring so understanding of how and it was like of course like you coming in here and it would with the excitement and coming into me being in that space how that would bring all that up. I feel glad for that right now. Yeah, and they're, they're, to be really clear too, like in the now here between us, I don't want you to put your excitement away. And there is there is a, a an awareness in part, whatever you want to call it, that is, this is a great WeChat <laughs> Yeah, um, <laughs> and uh, it's a great opportunity to to look at what's happening here and what we're doing as we're navigating it, and to highlight Wendy, my partner, and I often talk about in Stranger Things they have the up the upside down where it's the other world, a version of their same town and whatnot. So, like we talk about, oh, what would the upside down? What's the upside down version of this conversation? Meaning. This, what we're bringing in here could easily look like a fight. Totally. A relational problem, right? Where you, if we're not conscious of what we're bringing in, I could speak to a lot of levels of what that might look like. And it's interesting to, to play that out. So maybe I'm going to pause there. I, I'm going to leave that as a possible thing we can come back to, but I actually feel feelings first. And I was actually, I want to make space for how you're responding emotionally to me and how I'm feeling towards you in the now, in the we. So I'm choosing rather than an it, which was a content-based 
that we can come back to, but I'm really prioritizing what's happening between us relationally. Yeah. Uh, experiencing you, experiencing your feelings, like me witnessing your feelings around what I said and how you were reflecting on it, the big energy that your father had to you as a child and replacing how you experienced him with what I was describing. It felt really nourishing to part of me, maybe a little kid part that came forward. I'm guessing it's a little kid part because it felt almost over rich. It felt really intense to her. I have these little kid parts who have spent my life, <laughs> their lives, looking for the thing that they didn't get. And sometimes when it comes along, and in this case, that sense of really being seen and understood, those little kid parts are like, oh no, <laughs> it's a lot. And it wasn't my primary experience, but I can name it as part of the experience where as that begins to come up, like I'm really taking it in when you're speaking. I'm feeling both the personal resonance in my system of like, I'm having trouble like pinning it to a particular feeling because of its intensity. It doesn't, I know it's a good feeling, but it's the intensity makes it hard to name it as something simple and good. And then part of me is feeling, maybe this is a way of dealing with the intensity of like universally feeling really good about the listener who has a father or who doesn't have a father, but has a not father. Either way, hearing this and hoping that maybe having it like one or two steps removed, it's not their story, it's not their father, they're not the one who you're talking directly to that maybe they're having a really powerful experience of healing. Whereas I'm like, I could be having a really powerful healing experience and maybe I am, but I'm gonna have to talk in a minute. I'm gonna have to come up with something to say. So it was just, it was intense. And I'm not sure what the feeling is that goes with that. And then as you started to shift into as you were about to say it, I was thinking, this is an amazing WeChat example like this. We're doing this. And one of the things you said in the modes of communication conversation from two weeks ago was that one of the sort of obstacles to healthy WeChat is blame and finger pointing. And that's not happening here. And so it was like a, like the upside down part of me wanting to getting excited, the excitement I brought with me coming forward and saying, Hey, everybody, this is an example of a conversation without blame. So when I said to you, I brought enthusiasm and your flatness felt squashing. I didn't say that would be different. I said in my family of origin, this is what this would have meant. And so I can feel those energies in me. And so we're talking about them. We're talking about parts rather than from parts. The more teacher parts of me are kind of coming forward around how we can translate this for the listeners, something they can be aware of in their own lives. Yeah, 
Let's see. Oh, uh, yeah. So like almost with each turn, I feel the sense of two pathways, the relational, the we and now, and the content of two separate pathways. And we can do both, but I like to start with feelings first and staying in the we like, ah, wow. One, as you were talking, talking through how that felt for you, they're almost like overwhelming and it's good, but not, I can't really quite put a word to it. I guess my experience of that was an awe experience. And I was just watching that unfold for you. And to put it in the modes of communication, I was very aware and I almost wanted to make you the listener, like really aware of, oh, this is like incredible now chat happening in a way like you were really in the moment talking through what you were experiencing and how you were processing it moment to moment. And there's something so beautiful about witnessing someone speak through an inner experience in the moment as it's unfolding. There's something beautiful about watching you do that now, not to make, let's ungeneralize it. I can see the change and transformation in some way happening. I could see this is a new neural pathway like forming, right? There's something new and different happening for you in this moment as you're talking through it. So that, that just felt really good and really alive to me. I just felt very in the moment. There was like a, yeah, like I said, the kind of teacher part that wanted to highlight it for the listener, because that's something I've been more becoming more aware of the power of providing these kind of guide rails since we did that episode last time. I've, and, and even I've kind of brought it into a more conscious awareness in group and it was, it's just been very powerful. So there's a little bit more consciousness around like the power of having the, the structure for people to understand when you're going to that, when one of us is going to that, say now chat or we chat to really get, oh, what's happening here to really see it and to get the value of it. So that was all coming up and there's an interest to maybe step back and maybe start to shift the lens a little bit into the content around everything that's happened already here and start to talk about some of the, like you had a kind of list of points that you had there, a little thought notes and I, yeah, just kind of, yeah. Wondering if it feels wondering with you, Jess, does it feel like a good space to start to look at it that way at a, more of a meta level or does it feel good to stay in it relationally? Maybe I'm putting a lot of ideas out there. Yeah. There maybe checking in with how you're feeling towards me and just seeing that. Yeah. yeah. I'll just leave that. I feel like I'm putting a lot and maybe I'm making too much, too many colors. It's all going to turn brown in a minute. Yeah. I do have desire in my system to turn toward a more of a content structured, more of the it that feels what, what my system is feeling is it feels interesting and exciting. Uh, and I'm going to answer your question of how I'm feeling toward you, but it feels interesting and exciting to go toward that particular it. 
and it feels in service of the listener. It feels like a, something I would really like to give to the listener that they may really benefit from because it's stuff that I have really benefited from. And toward you, I'm feeling glad that we've maybe gotten there. Not that for the part of me that has been sitting off to the side, hoping that we would, and doesn't feel forced or contrived. It doesn't feel like I'm fixing something that feels wrong in my system that I kind of named that earlier that sometimes I become effortful to fix the thing that doesn't feel good. It feels more like, yeah, I want to do this. I want to talk about this. And toward you, I'm feeling a little like when I turn toward it, because it feels like it's almost in another section of my awareness that's not as forward. When I turn toward it, what I notice is ambivalence. I'm not sure if that's the right word. It seems like Frank isn't feeling so flat anymore. And then part of me is, I don't want to be preoccupied with that. That's like the thing that's trying to correct toward the little kid part. That's we're going to forget what we're excited about because of that dad energy that I named a moment ago. And so there's still a little bit of, we want Frank to come with us into this place where we're excited. We can't control that. There's a lot of we, there's a lot of now we over there in my system that's And I have curiosity about it and I'm watching it. And really when I turn toward you in the now, actually like on the screen, looking at you, I'm like, here we are, let's talk about WeChat. So did you want to say anything toward that? Yeah, no, just reflecting. So there's a, there's in you, the major parts of that, you can tell me if I get it right, is that there's an ambivalence around going back to the WeChat. There's a little... You can, part of you like looks at me like, oh, we could do that. Another part's a little hesitant. Is that essentially? It's not so much that I'm hesitant to go into the WeChat. It's more WeChat, of the content, the teaching aspect of it. The teaching. I'm not so much ambivalent about going toward that. It's more like I'm all about that. Is is Frank good? And then the ambivalence I feel about the fact that I'm checking in with myself around that right? Like the echo of that childhood dynamic of, I want to just turn toward this. Why is this still in my system? Why is this kind of old energy that, and it, that none of that feels very strong. Like I said, it's only there when I turn toward it. Yeah. Primarily, I feel ready to turn toward the content with you. Great. Yes. <laughs> oh man. So I guess just to define that WeChat, if this is, I think this is probably pretty clear, is just turning toward the relationship as subject that's being talked about. Yes. And looking at my notes here, I guess the possible things we could share with people and maybe we could give examples either from this conversation or in general would be you mentioned during the modes of communication talk about obstacles that can come up, including blame and finger pointing and common parts like IFS parts that can come up in WeChat. And then I made a list of like tools and best practices. So I don't know that we can cover all that, but what are your. Yeah. Uh, the first one. Yeah. Like you said, the first one you came up with was blame. That's a really big one. 
the next one, which is like right hand in hand with that one is defensiveness. And not that these things are bad, but they are hazards because those are where the the parts energy starts to come in strong and then the parts come in and then the space of curiosity, openness, exploration starts to erode. What we want to do is stay in a we consciousness. I'm going to borrow some phrasing from Terry Real, who I, who, whom I like, where he talks about me and you consciousness versus us consciousness. He doesn't call it we. I like we better. But blame and defensiveness is me versus you. It's me versus you. Like we're, it's a zero sum game and we're, and the shift is we want to stay in a, a we space that we are on the same page in terms of what we're doing here together. And if we're entering into a we space, we want to have a mutual goal, which is to bring information into the container, to create a space where you and I, Jess, can speak for everything that's coming up in us and put that information out between us so that we both have access to it, so that you have access to what I'm feeling and as much as I can share with you about what I'm bringing in and you can bring in what you're, what that's bringing up in you and bringing information in so I can have access to that. And to the degree to which that we're not blaming each other, then that information comes in more naturally and it can let, and we want to maintain this area of we're just exploring what's happening between us. We're just staying open and curious and trusting that if we put pieces on the table, if we stay open and curious, something is going to start. It's like we got more puzzle pieces on the table and all of a sudden you're like, oh, look, this puzzle piece fits with this puzzle piece. And that thing starts to click in more naturally without a lot of efforting or fighting that those energies don't need. I don't need to convince you of anything. I just need to stay in my own space of open exploration. And maybe if I sense my partner moving into blame or defensiveness, there are ways that I can help my partner. Oh, okay. I see you going out of that space. Can I, let's reconnect in some way. I'm saying a lot here and I, but blame defensiveness. Okay. So those two went off in a little rabbit hole around those. Then what else? I would also say, this was popped in my mind, avoidance. That's a big obstacle to the way we, it, we have so much fear of having these conversations about what's really happening between us. We're afraid of the impact of them. We're afraid of feeling super uncomfortable in the moment while we're talking. I can, let's take this for our conversation here for an example. So one of the reasons why it worked so well, and what does it mean? What does it mean that it works so well? There was an issue when we were coming in, we felt there was a sense of an issue. What's your sense of there's an issue right now, Jess, on a scale of one to 10? Is there an issue between, what's your sense of there's an issue between us? Right now? Yeah, right now. Zero? Yeah. I don't think there's an issue between us, no. Right, zero. So it's zero for me too. Yeah. If you asked us both at the start, what's your sense of there being an issue between us? What would your judgment be that you would say it was on the scale for, of one? For Three. me, it was pretty high for us. I would say like a four for me. Yeah, which is high for us. Yeah. I would say in the we space, my my sense wasn't that strong. Mm -hmm. It was maybe like a three. 
it was a little bit like I felt in my own space pretty comfortable like I didn't think but I can but I was projecting onto you oh Jess feels a little rocky here I wasn't I didn't have any fear that it would lead to a disconnection between us but I felt the rockiness so anyway that's to point out the the shift in the we energy by doing the process that we're doing of speaking for with it by not blaming each other by really coming in with an openness and kind of just sticking to okay what's coming up in the now staying with each other and offering what's here okay so let me turn blame defensiveness avoidance okay that's where it was and avoidance we want to avoid because there's some like tricky uncomfortable places at the beginning for me to speak okay, this is what's really happening for me in the now. I have to be just willing to be uncomfortable with, yeah, I feel flat and apathetic, which feels a little uncomfortable, shameful, vulnerable. I had no idea how that would land on you. I just knew your energy was in a different place than mine. I really didn't anticipate that you had a family history with that wasn't something that I was consciously tracking at all or aware of. So if I'm not so practiced at this, it would be very easy for me to avoid this whole, want to avoid this whole thing. Like, I don't want to feel, oh, like people look at me like I'm apathetic. I don't want to be that person. So it's very easy to engage in the WeChat. I need to be really open to telling you what I'm feeling in the moment. And that's really hard to, can be hard to do. Uh, and especially, oh, if, if I'm having feelings towards you. Now, it was easy for me because I didn't have any parts that were bothered by your excitement. But again, in the upside down, if I'm not really comfortable with my own apathy, and in a sense, having self-energy around that, where I could feel that I feel flat, but I don't want to, I don't want to be aware that I'm flat. I don't want to, I don't want to deal with the fact that I'm flat. The fact that you bring in energy and excitement might then lead me to be more aware of my flatness and want feel like your excitement is the problem. I'm fine. Now you're trying to, which maybe might fit your narrative about your fault, your child of origin, your father, and that might fit a possible narrative of that was uncomfortable for him. So he was trying to unconsciously tamp that energy down so he could feel more comfortable again. So. There's lots of all these reasons make sense why we avoid going into WeChat. There's even more I could probably, I could just start diving in here, but I want to pause here and just see what's coming up for you. And Yeah. 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 I'm feeling excited to get into the content here and had lots of thoughts about the things you were saying. So what part of me was tracking, this is more of a content tracking for the listener and to make this information accessible later is that the blame, defense, and avoidance are what we're moving away from or what, when you have more of those three things, you have less safety, you have less flow, you have less connection and healing within the we space. And having named that, and then named in, in, I want to name more explicitly what's the opposite of that or what's the things you do more of? What do you move toward? If you're, you want to be aware of 
oh, where is my defensiveness? Where is my, what's my relationship with blame? For me, my relationship with blame is when I'm feeling scared or angry and I don't want to name it. It's my fault or it's your fault. And I'd really rather it be your fault. <laughs> and I don't mean you, Frank. I just mean in, in a difficult conversation where the discomfort or the struggle might be higher or the feeling of there's something at risk might be higher. The vulnerability might be higher. The safety might be lower, right? Depending on how the equation shows up. For me, if I'm going to go into blaming, which I do at times, and I'm not usually aware of it when it happens, that blame is my way of being indirect with my fear and anger. So that's my relationship with blame, being aware of, and blame and finger pointing, those are the same thing. Defensiveness, I have shame. So if we reverse this and I came in flat and you came in enthusiastic, I would have had shame that I was flat, that I wasn't enthusiastic. And then I would have had defensiveness because nobody wants to feel shame. So our defensiveness, I think not always, but frequently comes up around places where we have some shame. So being aware of that, growing awareness around that and avoidance is like maybe just a different, a different, it's like the other side of the coin of attack, avoid, right? I'm going to move toward you and say, we need to talk about this. And you, not you, Frank, but you, the person I'm coming toward might say, I'm going to run. I'm going to shut down. I'm going to go flat. I'm going to go silent. So these are these familiar things we have within what generally we call conflict. And we chat. So now that we've really clearly named that, I'd really love to talk about some of the tools, some of the things to move toward and have more of in our, in our WeChat. How does that sound? Yeah, good. And what comes up, like quite talking about blame, defensiveness, and avoidance. And so I was thinking of like a listener saying, okay, Frank, I have, and Jess, <laughs> Frank and Jess, having this conversation with my partner or my boss or my coworker or whoever that I'm having, this is the we space that has some challenge in it. I'm feeling, I feel blame. I feel I, this is my true experience. I feel like it's their fault <laughs> or that's the perception that's in my mind. I'm perceiving this as the other person's fault, that if they would be different, this wouldn't be an issue that, and so what do I do with that in the moment? So one, I guess there's a, a branching off of that, right? There's a way I handle that in real time. And then there's a way I handle that offline, not in real time. Okay. So in real time, let's go first to real time. If I'm with you, Jess, and I am feeling, gosh, if just you would just be if you just weren't so darn excited, this would be fine. Now that, I'm stretching here because I don't have a lot of that conscious energy. If I have that active, I might speak for that. I notice that there is a part that right what I have right now, Jess, I'm, what I'm is an energy in me, a part, an energy, a drive to blame you. I'm not going to do it but I'm giving you the information because you are my partner right now. You and I are on the page of, we want to create it. What I said earlier, we want to create a safe container where we can get information out where we can, and we can, and I, we trust that if we engage in this process and put the information in, eventually the puzzle pieces are going to fit. So I want to give you the information of what's happening for me. 
but I don't want to inspire your defensiveness. So the safe version of that is just to name that this is the energy, not don't name the content. Leave the content as, a, as unspoken. So the blame might be the voice in my head that might be blaming you would might be saying, just, you're just too fixated on doing this content. You're so fixated on that. There's no space for what I'm feeling. Now, there's a blame. Okay. And it's the problem is your fixation on the teaching. Okay. That would be the actual content of what that part might say. I'm not going to say that because if I say that, and if I, even if I say around it, it might trigger to be like, Hey, screw you, Frank. Like I'm getting my own content. Yeah. But if I don't do this, then we're never going to blah, blah, blah. Well, we, you, we agreed to this. You, we had this conversation and you agreed to it. Now you're changing. Now you can, now you're being defensive and then you could also throw some blame back, right? Hey, you are not, you don't keep up with what you, I could play this game. I could play this tennis. I know, me too. My, I could hit the ball. I could <laughs> run to the other side of the fence and then of the net and then hit the ball back. Frankie, this is you. This is you all over again. That's the thing my father used to say. This is you all over again when he really wanted to lay in a criticism um, that would cut. This is you all over again. You, Frank, uh, are not consistent, right? Well, you can start pointing out character flaws in the blame, right? This is, it starts getting ugly. This is when we have conversation and we can do this inside our own head. You, we can start talking about how the parts inside of ourselves have WeChat, shame, blame, defensiveness, of course. I shouldn't say of course, but yeah, this is, we could, you can even put this in the framework of your own internal family system and turn inside yourself of how your parts react to yourself as evidenced by how we can play the tennis game by ourselves back and forth. Okay, I'll pause there. Let me recap. So one of the hows is to speak for what's happening and also what you're measuring is how safe the relational space is. If I feel like you're pretty open and comfortable, I might be able to tell you some of the content. But if I'm like, oh, this could go to a fight, I just want to name. I'm feeling I have a part that's like we're focused on you as the problem right now. And I know that you're not, right? I know you're not, but that's what's happening for me right now. So you have that information. You can respond to that. The same thing with defensiveness. It's actually a little bit and probably a little easier with defensiveness. You can say some things and I might just say, what's authentically coming up for me is I feel a little defensive. I'm not engaging in the defense. That's the key difference here. I'm not acting it out. If I started to say, this is your fault, or I started to go into being defensive, then it's we're going to be sword fighting. But if I tell you, oh, in response to that, I notice there's an energy of defensiveness. I'm not acting it out. I'm giving you information. That's my intention. And you have a little bit of an opportunity to go, oh, okay, what I just said inspired defensiveness. I wonder maybe I was there attacking in that and maybe was I blaming? Maybe you can, it gives you space to look at, okay, wait, what parts are present for yourself? So that's one thing that comes up or even hey, I want to have this conversation with you and just saying, hey, talking to avoidance. I know this, and there's a part of me that kind of doesn't want to go into that. I'm just speaking for it. And then what comes up for you in that? Okay, go ahead. What I'm hearing is one, and we didn't say this explicitly, but I statements as much as possible. Two, naming 
blame as something you're feeling separate from any content, that content, so I statements, content can be a distraction and also a secret way of being blaming or defensive or avoidant rather than helping. So seeing content as a potential red herring and also possibly creating obstacle rather than flow and safety. And thirdly, if you become aware of blame, defensiveness, or avoidance, or any of the versions of those, just saying simply, I'm feeling defensive right now. I can feel an energy of wanting to put this on you, even though I know it isn't yours. Like naming, I'm feeling blame or naming, I'm feeling avoidant. I can feel parts of me wanting to get to figure out how to end this conversation or distract from it. So I statements, content can be distracting and naming rather than speaking for naming what's there. Does that kind of sum it up, that piece? And I want to add in another, and this helps the framing, and this is a borrowed from a book and a model called Crucial Conversations, which, are, which is a great model. And I highly suggest anyone who's interested in this topic to read that book too. What they call, what they define in that is the idea of mutual purpose, which was, and touching into Terry Real, the we space, right? Like we want to move into we consciousness. And in the we consciousness, we have, what's our mutual purpose? And like I was saying before, the idea in how we're practicing this in authentic connection, the, the mutual purpose is to open up the space for us to talk about what's happening between us, what feelings, what, and to keep that space open. That's our mutual purpose. Like we want to talk about the podcast, right? We want to talk about what we're going to do in the podcast today or how, how we're feeling about that. So we want to keep that space open. And when one partner is then saying, I'm noticing I'm feeling defensive, it's like that partner is saying, warning flag, right? Like the space is eroding. I am really close to the edge here. <laughs> Something between us, there's no blame in this. Something between us in this container that we share, right? The we container, you have to like, I think it's another thing that really helps. I know I'm bouncing all over the place, but understanding we have a me space, we have a container inside me, you have a container inside you, that's the just space. And then there is this we bubble. And when we're speaking to it, we're saying we're both co-stewards of this we bubble. It's like a room, right? And it's, ooh, this is what's here in the room. And it's, oh, there's a fire in the room. <laughs> and what we want to give the information like, oh, something's on fire in the room, right? Like something, this is a danger to both of us. This is something we both want to pay attention to. I'm feeling blamey towards you, or I'm feeling defensive towards you. That's something I want to communicate because it's something we both want to pay attention to. And it's, a, and it's certainly something that's happening in the system. No matter what, it, it's not happening individual. We may have to, we may have an impulse to be like, oh, that's you being defensive. That's your problem. <laughs> But defensiveness does not happen in isolation. <laughs> Can't happen. You could have defensiveness and you, you could be going back and forth with parts in your mind, but it's coming up relationally. There's something happening in the field. There's something happening that we both want to attend to. So yeah, I wanted to add that. Yeah. I haven't thought of it this way before. These sort of bubbles, there's the me bubble and then there's your me bubble. And then there's this sort of 
crossover of the we bubble. And as a recovering codependent, and what I mean by that is that my awareness leaves my bubble and jumps into your bubble and is very, when I get codependents, very caught up in fixing, managing, controlling the other me in this situation, the you, that, that part of, for me, that has been really a big practice. And I think this is very common, even if you don't identify as codependent, I think it's a very common thing to like, to jump over into their space and to try and convince them of something. And when we leave the I, when we leave the me, we're on really shaky ground. So I don't know if there's some simple sort of things to say about that, but just that that's one of the, to me, that's one of the big obstacles is leaving the I, the me, and getting caught up in the other person's perspective or feelings. Yeah. What's coming to my awareness around that is a felt sense of my own journey through that and the one maybe very common journey through that for many people, which is beginning with, for me, I my beginnings of consciousness is very you-centered, right? As I start to negotiate having issues in the world, I'm trying to, wait a minute, why is that person saying that to me? What are they feeling? And it's very you-centered, right? You said, I lose myself in that. I don't, I lose my connection to what I'm feeling. I'm very focused on someone's Who's the problem? Then it's the other person's the problem. Whatever is happening in my realm, it's the you. This is really common. And this is, as I'm beginning to talk about, this is like almost universal, right? Like where we have the experience in life. And then as we experience a sense of disharmony, something, dysregulation, something's out of order, because we were coming in feeling to some degree in order in our own little bubble, the first natural thing is it must be something outside my bubble that's causing this. That's like, the first natural space. And then we keep our attention there because if we solve, we think if we solve the outside, then we're going to solve the inside. Like I was fine. Something out, this is naturally something outside me, a person and energy brought something in. So if I fix that thing outside me, that will fix it. And so then our awareness begins to be trained to focus outside of ourselves for the source of the problem. It's a fundamental error because it's really all happening within us. All of this is happening within us. The What's happening outside is an antecedent. It's a trigger, but it's, the mechanism is inside us. The deepest source of power we have is on the inside, not on the outside. Okay, so the movement of now I'm looking outside myself. And then if I, so what we call codependency and or what you're framing it as a tendency to be looking without, to try to, fix other people emotionally so that I could feel better inside, keep other people calm, keep other people happy, please other people, not saying no to people, do all these things so that I can make the outside world stay in accordance so that I can feel some type of regulation inside myself. Then there's a movement, if you get to here, like some people just live their lives there, and maybe many lives if you believe in multiple lives. But there is a moment where it can be a moment where you become aware of this and you go, oh my God, you might even adopt the name. I'm a codependent. I've got to come within to me. I've got to be me, me centered. And that's great. That's a natural stage of evolution to like be focused on the me. And then there is this, but now, so you've been able to, in that development, separate from the you, 
get a grounding in me. Okay, that's them. That's their stuff. That's not about me. What is happening to me? Oh, I actually, I feel anxiety. Okay. Like when someone, <laughs> I feel anxiety. And that's what, that's what's happening to me. Why do I feel anxiety? Where does that come from? And now my focus is now on me, not on the other person back in an empowered place. But there can be from that place, an avoidance of considering the you. And there could also be a detachment from the we because, oh, how do I think about we? I have to go to this, I get into codependent realm. I have to start thinking about you. But wait, I've already assessed that thinking about you is the problem, right? It's an all or nothing thinking. And then you can lose connection to a we space. So I saw that in myself that I, I'm just going to speak for what I feel. I'm going to keep the attention on my feelings. And what you feel about that is your problem, essentially. I had no ownership or engagement with actually how I show up in the relationship. There is this thing, this third party, right? So then I started to separate it. Okay, there's me, there's you, but now there is this thing called the we. And when you and I just enter into our relational space, it is like a, it's like a room or a house even that we both care for. And how we show up in that house affects our mutual house together. There's no, and there's a we space and we are co-stewards of that. Neither one of us is more responsible for it. We're both co-responsible for the, what we bring in and how that comes. Yeah, I'm aware of how much growth happens for people in that space. There's developmentally, it's very fundamental, this idea of distinguishing between you and me where my responsibility lies and the gray area, but getting clear about the gray area, getting clear about, I am 100% responsible for my actions, for my feelings, for my experience, and I am being affected by what you're bringing and vice versa. Yeah, that feels like it could be a whole episode in and of itself. Yeah, because uh, I like the. I just want to add energy. I because I have lots of parts that are like, yeah, I could see so many branching conversations, especially even the last piece you talked about the gray area felt really mm -hmm. good. There's a knowing in me of the power in being in the gray area is such a yeah. I don't. Maybe this could be a potential content piece for the future, but looking at the places in between. And the word that came to me was like comfort in the gray area. You get more clarity, but part of the essential defining feature of a gray area is that it is not clear. <laughs> Since it starts to become clear, it's no longer the gray area, and which is great because then that line moves and you feel you have more clarity. But there's always a gray, there, there must be a gray area and there must be the space of where it is and is not at the same time. It can only be that in a unitary field, a field of unitary space consciousness, not dual. There can only be spaces where you can not make distinctions because <laughs> it is, there is no distinction, it's all one. So, that, and so comfort with that space is really important and something you could practice in meditation and you can practice in lots of ways you can practice in your life. I guess we've talked in the past about flexibility and what that means and how we carry that. And I, I feel like being comfortable in the gray areas are what create a less rigid worldview, less rigid relationship to self and other. 
which allows for more freedom for people and more tolerance in the best connotation of that word. Yeah, that actually feels really good place to leave it because it's when we become more comfortable and tolerant of the gray area within us, which of course there is, then there's so much more space to be with whatever might be coming from or with, from another person or within relationship, which is a huge piece of creating safety in relationship, personal relationship, but also the world could use a lot more of that. And it starts with us. So I'm not waiting for someone else to be okay with what I think and believe so that they can accept it, but rather can I come back to being with my own ambivalence and confusion and other places where I might experience that gray area. And that's where safety begins to grow, I believe. Yeah. Okay. I'd like to check in with you, the listener, and connect to you directly. I appreciate your presence here. Everything that, and whatever it is inside of you that you take away from these conversations between Jess and I, have a sense that as you're listening, something is moving, something's unfolding for you, that these words and these meanings and these emotions that are coming up and being passed along between Jess and I are fitting in to your world, touching you in some way, which I can't know exactly how, but I know it's coming in and touching you in some way that is altering who, how you see the world it is impacting. You're taking it in and it's combining with your own energy in some way. And you are taking that in some way and either reflecting or being moved or being curious about something. I just see like possibility in life paths opening for all of us as we engage here. That's my felt sense as I imagine into you, the listener. Of course, it may be wildly different, but I just offer my imagining as more energy for you to process. So yeah, I just wanted to connect to you and just send an appreciation for your being here. It means a lot to me. Yeah, and uh, as far as uh, my relationship with the listener, I'm feeling connected to my teacher parts and parts that want to pull out of the really personal stuff we bring here, these more sort of archetypal, clear things that you can see yourself in and take with you and hopefully have access to maybe within your own awareness or as you're speaking with someone that feels really exciting and good to me. Thanks for joining us on this ride today. (laughs) See you next time. See you next time.